Ohio State Buckeyes and Maryland Terrapins just a couple days away from resuming the Ohio State schedule down in Columbus after uh, what feels like a little bit of a longer break than most normal bye weeks feel like, at least to me. Uh, it's it's kind of that chomping at the bit feeling, ready to get back out on the field and see what the scarlet and gray look like, but they've had a chance to, to rest and get healthy, especially as much as Marvin Harrison Jr. can get healthy. I know he's tried to take advantage of that, although his ankle in general is still bothering him. He says he's certainly going to play through it. we got a lot to talk about. We're going to dive in a little bit more on the matchup after talking more Maryland-focused content yesterday. This is a little bit more about the Buckeyes themselves. They prepare for, frankly, what might be their best offensive test to date, and that includes the Notre Dame game. Is Maryland really that good? We're going to find out for sure, but we're going to talk about it next on the Buckeye Breakdown Podcast. We've got the whole crew together as we cover Ohio State with our instant analysis from Ohio State. There's something that doesn't feel right. Unbelievable effort from him today. Is EJ Liddell going to crack the first team all Big Ten? I think he can be the guy. I'm not trying to start a quarterback controversy. He seems to have the durability. He certainly has the toughness. This is the question on a lot of people's minds here. Welcome to Buckeye Breakdown. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us on Buckeye Breakdown. Glad to have you, as always. I'm Brendan Gulick, along with Anthony Meglin, Ohio State and Maryland. The Fox Big Noon kickoff game nationally on Saturday. It's certainly not a surprise to see the Buckeyes in that kind of spotlight. Maryland has a pretty decent team over the last few years, but I don't know how many games they've played in that kind of a spotlight where everybody's going to be watching to see if an undefeated Terrapins team with an offense that's put up some really good numbers, can they possibly come to Columbus despite being three touchdown dogs and uh, and shock the world and, and beat the Buckeyes? I know it's certainly on their mind. I wonder if they could do it. I I have my doubts, but I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't take it to the bank that Ohio State blows out the Terps. What say you, Anthony? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's certainly exciting because you don't really know what Maryland's going to bring to the table. And, um, you know, we talked yesterday about just how electric that offense is. Um, and really, we, we, we didn't get much into their defense and their defense is equally good. Um, you know, went back and just was just by doing some, you know, quick looking up some stuff. Um, the last nine games, they're, they're actually on a nine game win streak. Uh, their last loss was to Ohio State last year. Um, and they've the, the most points they've given up. Um, the only team to score over 20 against them was the Buckeyes um, nine games ago. So the offense is doing its part, but the defense on their side of things is doing its part, too. And it's just uh, it's one of those teams where it's um, such a question mark right now. Like we know what Penn state's going to be in a couple weeks. We know what Michigan's going to be at the end of the season. But with the fact that Maryland's played Ohio state tough the past couple of years, the fact that they haven't played anybody to this point this season, you just have a lot of question marks. Are these numbers inflated? Are their defensive numbers deflated because of competition? Like where do they sit? Where do they really shake out? There's so many question marks that, you know, that are going into this game that I'm just frankly excited to find out because you know, they, they definitely have the proposition of being a really good and competitive team. They also could be a very average team and that Ohio State takes care of business very easily. So, um, you know, you just don't know where they're going to fall. And it's it's really uh, it's going to be a cool environment on Saturday. So, I mean, when you think about Ohio State's offense. I, I think they are still trying to find their supreme identity, right? 
They can clearly throw it. They've got incredible talent on the outside. They've got what I would consider to be a, a, a really healthy, steady, strong running back room with some depth where you've got a home run hitter in Travion Henderson and you've got you know guys that you feel really good about running between the tackles and Chip Trainum and, and in Mayan Williams. And again, not to say that Travion can't, but for whatever reason, he's been better when he's gone to the outside. And I don't know that that's necessarily a condemnation of him as much as it is for whatever reason, the offensive line struggling when he tries to run between the tackles. Either way, this is an offense that hasn't had a ton of big pop plays on the ground, right? Mm -hmm. They've had explosive plays through the air on a lot of them. But they actually, I, I heard earlier today, they have the fifth fewest uh, rushes of any college football team of 10 yards or more. Only 11 times this year, they've had a 10-yard or more run. And I, I suppose there's a part of me that thinks, well, gee, these Ryan Day offenses have been a heck of a lot more pass happy in years past mm -hmm. than they are this year, but they seem to want to run the ball more this year. The, the run pass breakdown has been more even this year than it's been in previous seasons. And yet the home run ball on the ground has really only been there once when Travion busted the big one a couple weeks ago in South Bend. So one of the things I'm really interested to watch is can they hit some explosive plays on the ground to, to maybe put on tape like, hey, we worked really hard on this the last couple of weeks. And, you know, for everybody that wants to play a little bit off, give us a little bit of room on the outside um, because you don't want Marvin or, or Mecca to beat you over the top. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, now we've added this additional threat. I'm, I'm interested to see if that develops. Well, and, and I think that, you know, the tape of the Notre Dame game where Emeka was, Emeka was the guy, um, you know, two Saturdays ago. You know, now teams are going to have to factor that in. And they're going to factor in the fact that, you know, Ohio State hasn't been great on the ground. And, you know, this has been a theme of ours, right? You know, you go back to Indiana, we question some of the – we question a lot of the play the play calling and the design. Remember, they were in the I formation. It didn't look the part. Um, and then as we went into Youngstown State and Western Kentucky, it was a lot of, like, physicality questions. Like, what is this offensive line going to be? And, yes, it's all – it's it's been a really fun past two weeks um, since the Notre Dame game. Hey, let's say third and 19 doesn't go Ohio State's way. There's a whole lot of different conversations um, that are happening right now because, you know, there's still some things that Ohio State needs to improve on. Um, and I think that that is not lost on Coach Day, especially I referenced it yesterday, uh, but I just couldn't have loved his his first media availability anymore. Um, it just seemed like a guy who and a coach who just totally unsatisfied, totally hey, that tape's gone, that game's over with, we're done with it. You know, we got to continue to get better because what we did on Saturday isn't good enough to keep going forward. You know, so I love that mindset. And there is a lot that, that needs to get better. And honestly, um, when you look back, even to CJ last year and even the years in the past, the run game is such a big portion of what they do. Yes, everything, the headline is wide receiver you. It is, it's Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson and uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Book. Like those are the headliners, but they've always had a really good run game and it's always paired really, really well um, with their pass game. And right now it still even feels a little disconnected where it's like, all right, we've gotten into situations where 
we're being forced to throw the football because we can't run it. And that leads, leads to really tough scenarios for Kyle McCord and for anybody throwing the football. And then on the flip side, hey, if you're not throwing it successfully, teams are going to load the box and like, hey, best of luck. You can't throw it right now. You know, we make you run it down our throats. So um, it's it hasn't really uh, meshed at, to this point. And really what I'd love to see, and you, you you made a good point, like what did they work on in this, in this bye week? And it's going to be really the run game and making sure that it marries with the pass game so that instead of it just being like two different options, it's all one and you're being able to throw off the run and you're being able to run off the pass. And, um, you know, I think that's really big and I think you're going to start seeing steps in that direction um, to, to get it to where it needs to be. Well, to your point on Ryan day, uh, everybody else can feel pretty good about the Notre Dame win. And I'm, I know Ryan felt as good as anybody about that in the moment, but, uh, Man, it is his job to set the tone. And so you need a guy to basically say, hey, we have turned the page. Even if, and I'm not saying that it's happened, I'm just saying even if there are guys who are slowly turning the page because you're feeling good about yourself because of what you just did, your head coach's job is to make sure he knocks you down a peg and say, hey, buddy, congratulations. You won a big regular season game. What do you do? That's not what we, that's not, that's not what we're trying to accomplish around here. That's what we expect to do around here, right? Peek inside inside the locker room, a peek inside the locker room on like Tuesday or Monday of this week. It's like, oh, no, like we every player knew it was coming because, you know, it is true and it needs to happen. And a lot of these guys are veteran and they've and they've had it before. And you just you the last thing you want is a, is a hangover. So like the the team knows that they're moving on. But you walk in on that Monday and you're like, we're going to get his worst today because they're just that's what they got to do. They got to just reset. But Sometimes it is be like coaches. manufactured. You make it up. Yep. Right. Yeah. Coaches will come in like, you know, Marvin, you, you, <laughs> I can't believe you dropped this ball or you looked horrible here. Terrible route. This, that and the other thing. And you're like, oh, my gosh, should I even play anymore. Like, what's yeah. the next point? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, you know, we've touched on this a little bit. I don't know if we've gone into great detail on it, but I think it's it's worth bringing up because Maryland's offense has had some explosive you know, moments for sure. Uh, and Talia Tungabailoa is a really good quarterback. I don't know that I think of him as an elite quarterback, but he is very, very good. Um, and he, he poses a big challenge. He is, in my opinion, he's one of the three best quarterbacks in the Big Ten. Uh, his numbers have been great, and he's performed fine over the years against good competition, and he's disposed of bad teams. We, you know, he, he's, he's done a good job. Um, for whatever reason – Maryland hasn't played very well in Columbus the last few times they've come here. They've given Ohio State good games when the Buckeyes have gone to College Park, but um, not so much when they've come to to Central Ohio. Last three scores were 66-17, 73-14, and 62-14. I don't know that I really anticipate this week to go quite like that, even if just because it's hard to score that many points anyways with the clock rules. Um, Mm -hmm. I just, I think this has been a lower scoring year in college football in general. Um, But Ohio state's defense is far and away the best defense Maryland has seen so far. And the overarching, you know, bugaboo that um, Ohio state fans kept coming back to when watching this team, the last couple of years, was, hey, you, you got to stop giving up the big play, right? Like, you know, you compete so hard and so well for good chunks of the game, and then too many of these light switch moments where these game-changing plays just wreck you. 
And I think the biggest thing that Ohio State's defense deserves credit for this year is basically taking that out of the equation. Second in the country this year and allowing only nine plays that have gone 20 yards or more. Furthermore, against Michigan and Georgia last year, the Buckeyes gave up eight plays of 40 yards or more, and they have not allowed a single one this year in four games of 40 yards or more. Um, which we've alluded to as a product of the way in some capacity uh, of the way that Jim Knowles is calling the defense. So uh, huge strides in that regard. And I think that's going to be a big problem for Maryland because I don't know if they can, I don't know if they have the horses to like grind one out against Ohio state. It doesn't match up really well for, uh, for, for Maryland there. And you, you go back to those stats, man, talk about making a weakness like, not only just manageable, make it a strength. Like, holy cow, they, Ohio State does not give up the big play. And it's so big, man. It's like, all right, hey, let's say, go back to the Notre Dame game, a perfect scenario, right? Notre Dame goes forward on fourth down, gives it up, and then gives a, a, you know, a huge, long, big play touchdown run. And that's such a momentum swing. Well, on Ohio State side, there was a couple times, right? Ohio State turned it over, and they just shut it right down, just shut it down. And when you have a defense that just closes the door at all times, it's like, all right, we're we're totally fine. And when you match this up against against um, Maryland, it's not great for the Terrapins, right? They're built on the big play. We talked about it yesterday. They're built on quick scores and coming out of the gates early. You know, and, and one of the things is when you're preparing for a game. You really try to script up, hey, where can we take advantages? Where where can we take advantage of this defense? And you look at Ohio State's defense, and they're really there's there's nowhere you could go position by position and be like, all right, Ohio State advantage here, advantage here, advantage here. And that's not new, that's not unique to the Buckeyes. But what is unique is that this year they're all playing like it and they're all playing like the best team and like the best unit in the country at all times. There's no big breakdowns, there's no missed tackles, there's no DB's fallen in coverage. There's none of that. There's no mistakes. And I don't really care who the competition is. When a whole year goes by and that's your biggest bugaboo is the big play and you're able to just nip it and kill it, if now it's in their head, we're six weeks into this thing, big plays aren't a part of our defense anymore. They're just not. And and that's just the way, that's the mindset now. Um, you know, so when you're Maryland, you're looking at it like, all right, we had three, four huge touchdowns last week against Indiana. You go back against Michigan State. They had a handful of big touchdowns there. You take those out of the equation against the Buckeyes and you're fighting in a really uphill battle, man. And it's straight uphill because, you know, the Buckeyes really just are not going to surrender the big play. Yeah, and um... – it's it it I think more than anything, just to echo what you're saying there, it just grinds on you mentally. Mm-hmm. And and in a game where it's such a physical game, literally, but you're trying to impose your will on your opponent. And Ohio State's done a really good job of mentally breaking down Indiana, Youngstown State, Western Kentucky, and ultimately they broke down Notre Dame just enough. Um, historically, that's what Ohio State's done. Now, it doesn't work every single time. They they lose from time to time. Uh, but it's pretty hard to come into the horseshoe with 105,000 people that want you to lose by 50, and, and you got to bring it for 60 minutes, especially when you stumble. It's hard to dust yourself off and figure it out. It takes a special effort, and that's why most teams don't win when they come to Columbus. But um, Yeah, and you know, think about it too, man. Think players. about it like – all right, let's say Ohio State comes out in the first quarter, Maryland hits a big one, okay? They're not getting another one. 
you know, and seven points, seven points isn't beating you on Saturday. You know, they they might they may get a big play or big completion, get them into scoring territory. They may even hit one big for a touchdown. But you better believe it ain't. It's not happening two or even three times. Um, you know, so like that is a big deal. And then to your point too, and this goes back to what you said, just Maryland's struggles in Columbus, like. Big plays take the wind out of the sails of, of a uh, of a stadium. But when you're historically the last three times you're you're in there, you're you're getting outscored by like 160 points. Like that is in your head too. It's like, oh my gosh, you're you're backed up in the student section. It's red everywhere. You're looking at that block O in the middle of the field, man, and you're at third. You're third and nine because you went incomplete, incomplete, and that's tough, man. That is that's a tough deal, I guess. And two incompletes would be third and ten, but um, but uh, but you know what I mean. Like it's really hard to be back, like to be in that environment for sixty straight minutes, and that's why you see this stuff when you're built like that. Um, and it's you know, coaches talk about it often. What travels, you know, that type of offense and that type of um, you know explosiveness sometimes does not travel. Um, and, and you're gonna see it Saturday. You'll see how they match up if they can hang early. It may be tough, but you know, in my opinion, I don't think it's gonna be uh, something that they're able to do. I kind of envision this game maybe a little bit like, you know, the first quarter and a half that we saw from Michigan and Rutgers, where Rutgers was competitive. They were in it uh, until they weren't, right? I, I kind of anticipate that this could look like that. For a little while, it, it may on the scoreboard look like, hey, this is a really good game. And maybe there's some plays on the field that make you think like, yeah, it's, it's a really good game. But I also think Ohio State's a, a you know, nearly 20-point favorite for a reason because they are supposed to be the substantially better team. Uh, and I, I think they're going to play like it on Saturday. Can't wait to see how it all turns out. Of course, we've got plenty of coverage coming for you all weekend long on BuckeyesNow.com. You're written home for all of uh, all your latest Ohio State news and information. Of course, we're with Fan Nation, the uh, Fan Nation Network uh, and the Sports Illustrated Media Group. For Anthony Meglin, I'm Brendan Gulick. Thanks for joining us for a little bit tonight. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. We continue to bring you video coverage just like this all season long to give you all the latest on the Bucks. Can't wait to see you down in the horseshoe Saturday afternoon as Ohio State finally gets back on the field.